Hello, adventurers. I want to take a moment to tell you that all our content can now be found uninterrupted and commercial-free on Apollo Plus. Apollo Plus is a subscription-based service that enhances your audio fiction experience with ad-free access to your favorite shows and exclusive content, while at the same time supporting us all as creators to keep bringing you quality content. Please take a moment to check out Apollo Plus at apollopods.com or download the app in your Google or Apple app stores. Again, that's Apollo Plus, your new home for quality audio fiction. time with us, please listen to at least the prologue and episodes 1, 2, and 3 for the first season for this story to make sense. The story will continue February of 2020. Thanks largely to the support of our patrons and dear listeners. Find out more at Dice Tower Theater. That's spelled R-E dot com. Stay tuned following the program for promos from some of our favorite fellow podcasts who've also helped us immensely on this journey. We hope you enjoy this season's conclusion and look forward to sharing our story again with you soon. And remember the oath. Dragons, Season 1, Episode 8. She stood in the center of a stone disc. A six-pointed star of blue and red energy pulsed as it rotated slowly, hovering about her angles. She could smell the tall hedge of the labyrinth before her. The entrance was directly behind the three librarians leading this ceremony. The tall man from yesterday, known as Rue, nodded, and the crowd grew silent. Cordelia, today your story will become part of our library, but first, we must free it from your mind. The woman with the blonde hair and blind eyes stepped forward. We only record the truth. Any story passing by our lips is tainted with some untruth. Our lips betray us, and before we know it, we have lies. Lies are no good to the library. The third librarian stepped forward and pulled back their hood, revealing blue-black hair and chiseled, angular features of the elves. Your memories are shielded in layers of emotion, encapsulating it. It protects the rest of your sanity from being infected by the most horrible of memories. Sometimes, these filters can alter the truth. 
These trials are designed to peel back the layers and record the memory as it plays itself. She took in a deep breath, mentally steeling herself. She had told Benedict of the good dragons, that they had to find them, and he had agreed, but no one had seen them for centuries. Now for that nugget of wisdom, she faced her price, reliving her darkest night. You may enter the labyrinth, Cordelia, but be warned, what you face is very much real. To not treat it as such would be foolish. They stepped back and waved her to the opening in the high hedges. As soon as she stepped into the threshold, the silence was deafening. The canopy of growth barely let slivers of light in that danced across the back of her arm. The lemony scent of the leaves and the cool, moist air was welcome. She turned. The hedge was closed, and she was alone. Another left. Cordelia sighed. She had been walking for what felt like an hour, but yet to stumble upon anything other than the occasional twig and the meticulously clean dirt floor. She saw a man, a red cape over his broad and armored shoulders. His familiar raven hair was short-cropped, crowning the handsome face of her cousin. Benedict? He smiled. They sent me to assist you, Cordelia. Apparently, it's to test us both. She hesitated. This wasn't the way she had heard about. One memory to pay. She reached out and felt his arm. It was real. He was real. He laughed. <laughs> I'm wondering about this puzzle. What do you make of it? Okay, well, let me look at it. He nodded and pointed to the wall where what appeared to be a stone doorway. The door shut tight, but emblazoned were the words. If I drink, I die. But if I eat, I'm fine. <sighs> I can't think of anything that fits that. She smiled. Maybe a type of cactus? Fire. What? It's fire. Water puts it out, but it needs fuel to burn. Her hands produced a small flame, which she blew gently to the wall. It ignited the words ablaze as the door swung open. They walked down a short hall to another door. This one was midnight blue with deep burgundy colors. Hmm. You cannot see me, hear me, or touch me. I lie behind the stars and alter what is real. I am what you really fear. Close your eyes and I come near. They paused. Cordelia closed her eyes. The dark. Benedict was looking at her. That's it, right? She smiled somewhat uncomfortably as she repeated. The dark. And she snuffed out the candles to either side of the doorway. The door swung open. The door opened to a long hallway. The moist air stuck to the skin. A musty smell of stagnant water and old moss was prominent from the wet stones. Blue-green flames ignited the iron cage torches along the wall alternating right to left every 12 paces. In the distance, she heard chirping, much like a bird, but more guttural and deeper. Benedict tensed up as his eyes narrowed. The sounds grew louder and seemed to be right around 
the next turn at the end of the corridor. He looked at her concerned. Do you hear that? Yes, what do you suppose it is? He clenched his hand around the hilt of his greatsword, slowly drawing it from the sheath. Oscar. He sped up his pace to a slight jog peering around the corner. He looked back at her. Come, this way will be easy. There aren't that many. He bellowed a battle cry as he threw the gleaming silver sword over one shoulder and charged around the corner. The chirping became shrieks mixed with the ringing steel. Cordelia's heart dropped. She ran to the corner and her eyes were shocked. Ten four-foot-tall reptilian bodies lay on the ground clad in dark leather armor and gripping small javelins. Their reddish-orange scales blending with the blood on the floor, their mouths agape in death. Benedict cleaved through another who stood defiant against him. She saw it was protecting something. Behind where the kobold had stood moments prior was an unarmored female, guarding two terrified children. Benedict raised the sword high with a roar. No! He spun on her. We are free of them, don't you see? The evil and the wretched little bodies is gone. I have purified them. Her terror turned to anger. He laughed and walked to her. <laughs> this is as much my test as it is yours, remember? If you stand in my way of completing my test, I will be forced to defeat you as well. Her eyes flared. Little cousin. This wasn't her cousin. This couldn't be the kind-hearted Benedict. She looked down and saw the sword tattoo on her wrist. The same tattoo her mother had. She touched it, and erupting in her hand was a sword of pure orange flame. Benedict roared and lunged at her. She sidestepped the large sword and brought the flame across his back in one simple stroke. He exploded in a shower of green sparks, disappearing into the floor. She stood there in silence. The sword disappeared back into her hand. Cordelia! She looked up wondering where the familiar voice came from. And saw the kobold smile as she hugged her children. Oh, Cordelia. The scene around her melted away. She saw a third sign before her, but nothing else but an endless void surrounding it. I can bring tears to your eyes, resurrect the dead, make you smile, and reverse time. I form in an instant, but I last a lifetime. This one was easier and harder as she realized the answer. Memory. Sign faded from the sound of her voice, and in the darkness she felt the ground once again beneath her feet. She stood in a red brick kitchen with a long oiled cedar table in the center. The room was filled with merriment and laughter. All seemed slower than normal, peaceful, like underwater gently swaying in the tide. Sophie had her arms around Zane. They were next to a smiling, kind-faced Benedict, laughing at one of Zoran's stories. Cordelia. She turned and saw Elaviv at the stove stirring a large pot. She paused to shout something to Zoran before shaking her head with a smile. Are you gonna help me or what? Cordelia walked towards her lost friend before she felt a hand on her shoulder. She saw her mother's smile 
as she gently moved past her to kiss Elaviv on the cheek gently in greeting. Mama? Tears welled in her eyes. She felt a squeeze from a large, powerful arm. She saw the icy blue eyes of Erebus Shieldheart. Father. He smiled and gave her a warm hug. She lost herself in his broad chest, and she felt his shirt become damp with her tears. I love you, Papa. I wanted so much to tell you that. He nodded. One more time. I... She saw his own tears as he mouthed out a silent, I love you too. She heard Elaviv call to Zane to help set the table. He grumbled and looked at Sophie pleadingly before she left, pushing him to a station. Erebus shook his head with a smile. Her mother's lips kissed her cheek. She turned and saw her smiling before her. Lorahana suddenly motioned at her heart with a smile. We are so proud of you. She mouthed out silently. Cordelia's heart broke into a thousand pieces. This was all she ever wanted. Them to be all together. All of them. I wished for this every day, Mama. Every day. Lorahana nodded. Erebus looked at Laura with saddened eyes. Cordelia wiped her eyes. She took in a ragged, deep breath, a peace settling over her. She knew what had to happen next. Papa, it's a time. He looked at her with the warmth of the forge's fire in those eyes again and smiled. He stood up straight and nodded. Her mother joined him by holding his hand. Together they walked outside the house, Cordelia following close behind. Oh, Cordelia. Hearing the voice, she turned to wave at Elaviv, who smiled back before continuing to stir that large pot. They stepped out into the rain by the old tree. The bonfire crackled and sputtered. Three orcs were in mid-sprint, frozen in time. One swung a huge great axe in an arc forward at an invisible target. The dark armor of Lord Pallas was kicking something on the ground, also frozen in time. She looked down the road and saw six cloaked bodies hiding just to the other side of the fence and a small horse. She hugged her father one more time, choking back the tears to show her strength. She felt she needed to be strong for them too. She held her mother's hands. They both silently sobbed into each other's arms before she began to walk to the cloaked children, her legs damp from the tall, wet grass. Mother. She remembered and ran back to her. Her mother looked surprised until she saw Cordelia hold up the sword tattoo. You will need this. Her mother smiled and nodded. Lorahana held her hand on the tattoo gently as it transferred from Cordelia to reappear on Lorahana's wrist once again. They parted ways. She saw her father kneel before Pallas. Her mother walked to the field where the orc's great axe gleamed. 
Cordelia herself walked and knelt behind the smallest of the children. Her black hair dampened from the rain and gently wrapped her arms around her. Don't worry. I'm here too. We both are now. We will leave together. Her mother smiled at her before touching the tattoo, the sword flaring like a mighty torch in her hand. Then time resumed as the worst night of her life played itself out all over again. Sophie nervously looked to the opening to the labyrinth. Cordelia has been gone a few hours. Hey, Rue, is she okay? He smiled gently. Yes. Your sister is more free now than she has been in a long time. Zorin pointed at the opening as Cordelia strode out proud and strong. There she is. Benedict stood up with a slight tremble and walked to her. She threw her arms around her beloved cousin, dispelling the last thought of the dark version she'd had defeated. Congratulations, Cordelia. Your story is recorded for others to learn from and gain strength by it. The one-eyed librarian stepped forward. Your debt is paid. You are a librarian here. You may study whenever you like. She nodded. Mr. Zorn, this letter came to us to deliver to you. The elven librarian held out a folded letter, sealed in wax with a large letter E. Zorn looked confused at his comrades, who were all curious. Zane shrugged. It's not going to bite you. Open it up. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, open on. the letter. Come Do on. it. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. I'm being invited to a tournament involving the bravest of heroes. They all smiled at it. Oh, it's only south in Ellington. That's just a week or so away. I said I'll go with you. Cordelia can use the time to study, and the rest of the group can rest up. It's been a long journey. Zorin smiled and looked around at his friends. He smiled, thinking of the future. Never knew off the tracks again. Never gonna lose this heart again. I'll always remember the fire. Far away, a mailed hand looked at a letter similar by the river. He stroked the gray beard at his chin. His purse was lighter than he wished, and the prize could help him on his way. The white and steel-colored mane of his armored warhorse felt soft under his palm. He thought of someone and their gentle grace. He smiled in their warm memory as he mounted. 
A different strong hand put away the letter before jumping on the back of a small pony in the grasslands. The bald head, bulbous nose, and less than charismatic attitude kept many away from this dwarf. It made him laugh. He had no family, no friends of note. But this contest should bring some rivalry, he hoped, clutching the axe in his hands. In the forest, an owl clung to his thin elven shoulders through the robes. He knew this tourney would be another step in his journey for enlightenment. He smiled as his fire danced across his knuckles in perfect time. Standing, he began to walk out of the trees to the valley below, cradling the sprawling, rich and robust town of Ellington. The owl leaping from his shoulder to scout the path best suited, thinking of the future. This is a Ninth World Journal. A careless experiment with a teleportation device has left me stranded in random places throughout the Ninth World. While trying to survive in these strange lands, I must find a way to reverse my condition. A Ninth World Journal is a science fantasy audio drama podcast. Subscribe to listen or visit ninthworldjournal.com. Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Isla. And together we are the hosts of the Bicurian Podcast. Let's tell the lovely people what we do. That's a great idea. Bicurian is our answer to the polarizing nature of our society today. We usually have on very compelling guests that are experts in their fields, and we like to do our own deep dives into a lot of interesting subject matter. And discover what's underneath the rhetoric and reactions that show up kind of everywhere. We also cover a lot of topics, everything from politics to current events to geek culture. We find a lot of different compelling things to talk about on our shows. If you're like us and want to explore multiple ways of looking at things, we hope you'll join us. So please check us out on bycarian.com for current and past shows. And come and be part of the conversation by following us on your favorite social media platform. Every holiday season deserves a great story. Join a young girl named Charlie as she struggles with her own personal loss while being swept into a whole new world filled with action, mystery, danger, and high-stakes adventure. Aunt Nani? Aunt Nani? Come along, you two. She doesn't need our help. Well, what do we have here? Look out, Mift! Incoming! Another human child has arrived. See, now that is interesting. We don't mean you any harm. We've been sent by Adeline. You are what I say you are. Then I suppose I'll have to do something about it. I would not be so dismissive were I as weak and careless as you. (laughs) This holiday season, Join Happy Go Lucky and all of our friends from the gigantic adventures of Jeff and Simon, 
Dice Tower Theater, Elderberry Tales, Pitchforks and Pomegranates, Kid Cryptid, Drive With Us, Top of the Round, Podcast Reviews, Reviews, Podcast, Unnecessary Evil, and many more as we bring the next holiday classic to life. Very bright. Very bright. Very bright. Subscribe now. Charlie Saves Christmas, an audio drama podcast. Open soon. You'll just have to come back for it. <laughs> Ho there, stranger. I have a question for you, if I may be so bold. Do you love fantasy? With its heroes of goodness and knights of daring do? Hearty dwarves and mystical elves? Incredible dragons who rule the skies and breathe fire? Maidens so fair, they make the gods themselves weep at their beauty. You do? Well, never mind then. Off you go. But if you like darkness, disparity, blood and gore, necromancy and demons, then I have a tale for you, my friend. For in the world of Aetheran, there is but a glimmer of light amongst the coming shadow. The eternal darkness is spreading its influence from the world beyond, seeking to wash over the land like a dark tide. All is doomed. But there is still hope. A candle burns within the gloom for those that seek to walk within the light. The Knights of the Argent Order, warriors and wielders of magic, trained solely in the arts of demonic eradication. These brave few will battle to the last in hopes of securing a future for all mankind. Be steadfast, be stoic, remain vigilant, for here death awaits all in the world of Aetheran. Available on all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Castbox, and Spotify. Search Dark Saga Aetheran to subscribe now. Everybody has a story, and not all of those stories are clear black and white issues, even when we think they are. We wonder how did this happen? Or what is that like? Or what happens next? Are you sure you really want to know? This is Ignorance Was Bliss at IWB Podcast. <laughs>